en hartelike goeiemorgen, welkom by ons program Skrifteerlik, waar ons wekelik saam na oplossing soek uit die skrifte, vervra waarmee gewone mense sikkel. Die Bijbel sê in Johannes 17, 17, jy woord is waarheid, heilig hulle na jy woord, en Psalm 119, 105 sê, jy woord is een lamp vir my voete en een licht vir my pad. Kom dan saam met ons vir die volgende uur, wanneer ons geen steen onaangeraak laat om die waarheid te vind en licht te schijn op die vraag uit die skrifte waarmee ek en jy moendik kan worstel nie. Krij dus gauw jou bybel en kom onderzoek saam met ons die skrifte. Dis moes nou skrifteerlik. En so die oorlosie aangeskyf na bygans 9 minute oor. Nou ja, ons het uh, so'n bykie uitdagings gehad met die afstop van Christiense program. En uh, hier is skrifteerlik nou aan die woord tot en met 12 uur vanmiddag. Hartelike Radio Kansel, goeiemorgen. Rocky Stevenson, good morning my brother. We were talking about are you ready for rock and roll? And he stared at me in disbelief. I said, your feet on the rock, your name on the roll. And here we are to glorify our Lord and Master. How are you doing, sir? Oh, amen. I was just wondering if you were talking about me being rock and you being roll. <laughs> what we were talking Rocky, about. Rocky, you know? right. God bless <laughs> you. Or Rocky who is rolling. Or, yeah. You know, oh, I did eat kind of well last night. Oh. My wife cooked uh, good. Actually, I can't remember what she cooked last you night, but I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, here today. You, you, know? You, you know, it's like the guy says, I can't remember what my pastor preached 10 years ago in my church, but what I do know is it fed my spirit, Amen. man. It fed my soul like my wife's food fed me. So, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful to have you on board. Tot en met 12 uur vandag, skrifteerlik, die program waar jy ook vraag kan vraag. Iemand het al iets ergens gesê, en jy sikkel met die vraag uit die Bijbel uit, Sam, yes, together, we search the scriptures to see if these things are so. Just a sideline remark. It's good to listen to Rocky and it's good to listen to scriptural, but ultimately the responsibility lies with you and I to search the scriptures afterwards to see if these things are so. There is a responsibility. If you listen to this program this morning, dan moet jy weet, jy het verantwoordelikheid om die skrifte te gaan onderzoek om te kyk of hier die dinge so is. If you've got a question, here's the number. This is the WhatsApp number that you send your question to 082 have you got that 082 657 2729 and uh, well Rocky and I have discussed it this morning there's plans and hopefully if we get it past management and if we can get it uh, past uh, everybody here and it it's, has the approval of our Lord and Savior then we'll, we'll see if in the foreseeable future can broadcast it down in Cape Town as well make it a national broadcast but we're working on that no promises as yet but pray for us that God grants us favor that we can make it a national broadcast. So we'll uh, keep you in the loop with regards to that. 082-657-2729. Just a sideline remark, if you've got a scripture, please include it in your WhatsApp. It just makes it a little bit easier for us here in studio to find that scripture quickly and uh, then mark it not so veel makkelijker in the Bible om die Bible op te klap en te sê, ah, dis die skrif waarvan hy of sy praat, ja, ons sien dit in context and then we can search the scriptures together. Het jy die nummer 
Rocky, let's kick off with this one a little bit later than usual. It's 13 after 11, so let's not waste time. Whilst the listeners start posting questions, 0826572729. This is one that we got that said, What should I do when men speak evil of me? Should I defend myself? Rocky, what does the word of God say? And immediately I see in my mind Jesus standing before Caiaphas and the whole Sanhedrin there. And man, it's absolute. The atmosphere permeated with demonic uh, entities. And man, how did our Lord handle it? What does the scripture say? How should I defend myself? When men speak evil of me, what should I do? Yeah, this is such a a pertinent question because we live in a world where people are always harming one another with their mouth and talking ill. Slicing and dicing, eh? And there's just so much of this in our world. And often the Lord in his kindness reveals some of the areas in our own heart where we need his help. Because when somebody says something bad that we, we know that we are bad, you know, we we are sinners that need a savior. The Lord Jesus is the savior for sinners. Hence the we've, gospel. We've come to him. We once were not a people. Now we're his people. We're ambassadors for him. You know, we, we know that the Bible teaches us that men will speak ill of us, that the Bible tells us that Jesus even said they hated me, so therefore they will hate you. But then yeah. when it happens for us, oh, how difficult it is for us. <laughs> you know, it's so difficult even for us to count it as a joy. Yeah. But we ought to. And something like the Beatitudes come to mind. And what a beautiful section in God's Word, Matthew 5, verse 3 to 12. Let me read that. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. There are times that we actually mourn, that we go through various things, even character assassination in that sense. Blessed are the lowly, for they shall inherit the earth. Sometimes the Lord has to make us more lowly, in a sense, and he allows these things to happen. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. So here's where we start to see the direction of our Lord with us. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now you think about those that speak evil about you. Are you to defend yourself, or are you to make Jesus name great in this world what is your purpose of living is it to give glory to god or is it to keep your name um hallowed do you want his name hallowed or your name hallowed blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and then listen to this verse 11 matthew 5 blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. That should be the major reason that we actually have this happen to us, is yeah. because of Jesus. We, we are in the position where we're at, where somebody says evil about us because we've been serving Jesus, because we've been doing that which is true. We've been giving light, and people have loved darkness. We're on the side of Christ. And so as long as the evil that has been said about you is because of that, but sometimes the evil that is said about you might be true. You know, and there may even be some hint of truth within the criticism. Let me put it this way. There's sometimes maybe evil that has been said about you. That's when it is just blatantly a lie. There's other times that it might be criticism. And we battle to even handle criticism well because we're just prideful individuals. 
too often we like we think too highly of ourselves. We think more of ourselves than what we ought to think. Spurgeon's a wonderful man to go and read in this regard regarding criticism. And he says, if people knew just what really resided in your heart, they'd say something wow. far worse about you. Yes. <laughs> and that's a helpful thought. You know, if we, yeah. if we got what we deserved, which actually is hellfire apart from God's grace, you know, just think of what we deserved. And think about how, how wicked we've been before God. Even as saved individuals, we've sinned against holy God, and yet we want to make ourselves look better. We, but if people are speaking evil about you because of Jesus, listen to verse 12 of Matthew 5. Rejoice and be glad. Now, isn't it so hard to do mm, that? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I've been on the receiving like, end of that. I'm and telling man. you, man, I recently yeah. for myself as well, you're on the receiving end of somebody yeah. saying this type of thing. In fact, not long ago, I was on a bit of a preaching trip, and I, I got to hear from some of the people, you know, this has been said about you before coming. And this yeah. passage came to mind, and I was saying, thank you, Lord, that this passage came to mind. Yes. Because you have this desire to almost defend yourself and yeah. to make yourself look better. but. The fact that people are actually speaking about you before you come in the negative way, you know the Lord is actually prepping to do something wonderful, isn't yeah, it? Because yeah. Satan hates workers of righteousness. He hates the work of the gospel in this world. He hates the church. He hates the assembly of the believer. He hates all things that are holy and godly. And he has got one purpose, is to defame God. He wants to be seen as something more special than what he is because his pride is still there, even though he's no longer the chief cherub. You know, he's no longer Lucifer, the angel of light. He's Satan, and he's been cast from heaven. But he still likes to believe that he's somehow greater than what God is. And so that is his aim. So when he comes, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he wants to do. Yeah. And if he's doing that with you and your, your name, because you've been serving the Lord Jesus Christ, rejoice and be glad. And then why should you rejoice and be glad? For your reward in heaven is great. And this is a heavenward mindset because you might still go underneath much scrutiny of mankind and go through much difficulty on earth, but your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. When he talks about they, there's a group of people that are actually hell-bent on speaking evil about those that are the children of God and yeah. those that are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. So when that's happening to you, Oh, what a wonderful confirmation. It's a wonderful confirmation when evil is spoken about you. And in particular... It doesn't when, feel like it at that moment, does it, Rob? No, not at it all. It doesn't and feel like it. And in particular when there's a Luciferian lie. And now yeah. a Luciferian lie is when it's absolutely the opposite of yeah. what the reality is. Yeah. And that's what's getting spoken about. Then you know Satan's involved in this thing. Yeah. Because when he speaks, he speaks lies. That's what Satan does. That's his home language. And so when people are engaging in lies... They're engaging in, in Satan's speech. You know, mm. We talk about English or Afrikaans, and we, you know, we may be bilingual in a, in, to a sense on, on Skriftilik. When Satan speaks, the language he speaks is lies. Yeah. So when people are engaging in lies, they're engaging in Satan's language. That's his home language. And when it's a lie that is so absolutely opposite to the truth, that's a Luciferian lie. All right. So make it real for me. If this happens, men speak ill of you and evil of you. Uh, on grassroot level, somebody said, yeah, yeah. there where the grass turns into a goat. I think, right I think there. What's, what what's do you so, do? What's what do so you do? necessary is to take the Moses approach. You remember when the sons of Korah came and, yeah. Korah came mm. and was accusing Moses? He went to the Lord in worship. Yeah. And this is what I found to be a great healing bomb. And I've not always gotten this right. I've had to repent before the Lord oftentimes yeah. when, you know, if, you, if you're a public figure, 
in a sense like a pastor is like I am week after week yeah. getting up and preaching and you're receiving hate mail and you're receiving things that have been said bad about you. The better thing to do is to go to that place where you can be alone with the Lord Jesus yeah. and that you can worship and you yeah. can pursue the worship of Jesus. When, when Jesus is so big to you and he's so glorious to you, the fact that people are defaming your name or speaking evil about you or all of these other things start to become so much smaller. But the, the, the reason that these things are so big is that, that Jesus has become smaller sometimes yeah. to yeah. us. Yeah. You know, when we have a small God, then our problems are really big problems. Mm. When we have a big God, then our problems and the fear of man become smaller problems. And I think that we, we have an inflated view often of ourselves that needs to be corrected. And that's where we ought to rejoice. And I think that that's why verse 12 is so pertinent, is we rejoice because God is actually revealing to us through the criticism of others or even through the evil that they say about us. He's revealing to us something in our heart that still needs to be changed. Yeah. The Lord still needs to humble me. I still right. need to be a man that recognizes that there's nothing good that abides in me All other right. than Christ. I want to take you further down this rabbit hole here. So men speak evil of you. Somebody said if you drive down Main Street six months from today, and here comes this brother who had spoken so uh, evil of you, spoken ill of you. Uh, somebody said, yeah, I can forgive, but I'm struggling to forget. You know, there is, there's an itching in the collar. I see him on the opposite side of yep. the road. And yep. there's this, how do I forget? How do I set free? How do I really and truly love Christ's last words on the cross? Forgive them, for they know not what yeah, they do. No, that, that is exactly how, the how passage do we that do came it? to mind as you were speaking, is Jesus our Lord. And I think that that is, that is where it is, is when we are so enamored, with the glory of Christ, that that's what we want to give to that individual. That we actually, and that's where the Bible says we should pray for our enemies. If you're battling to love somebody, let me challenge the listener. If there's somebody in your life that you are battling to love, pray for them. If you're really battling to pray for them, um, and if you're battling to love them, pray for them multiple times in a day. What the Lord does in his mercy is he turns that hatred or that bitterness or that anger it cannot, it cannot stay in the presence of the Lord. When yeah. you're bringing Those that before feelings the Lord, of animosity. Yes, I mean, yeah. he, 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 it goes away. Yeah. So much so that you are freed so that you can now love that individual. And I think that is the challenge for us. It is to do good to our enemy. And one of the beautiful things regarding the vindication that happens, remember that God says, um, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. We battle to let vengeance be his. But when we have time, consistency, and faithfulness, and we just do the next best thing, and we step one foot in front of the other, the Lord does a marvelous work of vindicating us. It's just marvelous to see, because anybody can see the truth over yeah. time. Yeah. At that moment when the accusation is there, and when you've been attacked, and when there's evil that has been said about you, like it's difficult for anybody to know what is right, or what is wrong, what is up, what is down, there's, and things get blurry. Usually yeah. people have multiple things that they start throwing. It's not just one evil thing. They'll have this evil thing, then they'll have that evil thing that that person said, and then that evil thing that that person said. All you do is you go and you worship the Lord Jesus Christ and you trust him. Yeah. And you, you, don't, you don't need to defend yourself. You put a guard before your mouth. You know, somebody like David comes to mind as well. Remember what happened to him when Absalom chases him out of Jerusalem. Yeah. And there's the man throwing sticks and stones at him. And sticks and stones in that context were, were literal. They could have broken the bone. Um, and... He gets, 
he just says, well, if the Lord has allowed this to happen, if, if God in his sovereignty let this happen, th- this person means this for evil, but God means this thing for good like Joseph did. Yeah. And, and I think that that's the beauty is that the Lord sets us free. And, and look at what happened even with Joseph's brothers. Right at the end of the life of their father, they still come into Joseph trying to say, Daddy said that you mustn't harm us. Yeah. You know, they still carried the weight yeah. of what they did to Joseph so many years ago. But Joseph was free. Jesus, uh, I mean, um, there Joseph weeps, actually, at the end of that story, because he can't believe that they actually still believe that he's going to want to harm them after this. They, they think to themselves, he's only looking after us because Daddy's been alive. And he's like, don't you get it? You know, don't you get it? There's something so much bigger than this. God. And I think that's what we need to get back to, is having such a big view of the Lord, that when people do this, we just keep on serving the Lord. And I I praise God that he's been teaching me a little bit more of this, but I still fail at times. Uh, You know, we still are are so human. We we are fallible. You know, and we still like, we also want some of God's shine. You know, and this is something that I realize about my own heart at times. The Lord in his mercy does wonderful things in the ministry that you're part of. But it's really the Lord who did that, often in spite of you and often despite you. And he does something wonderful. And then you're kind of like, well, you know, I was part of that. You yeah, know, I want to yeah. get some of that shine. Yeah. And we need to humble ourselves before the Lord. If anything good happens in our life, it's because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, a, a, an amazing Lord who looks after us in such wonderful ways. All right. All right. And uh, don't forget to, to pray for your enemies and you pray until you feel That's those it. feelings leave. Luke, Luke chapter so. 6. And yeah. I'll read that for the <clears> listener. <throat> Luke 6, verse 27 to 33. It says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Bless for those, uh, ble- pray for those who disparage you. Now, that disparage is quite a, um, it's a fancy word, but it actually means those that rubbish you, those that wow. mock you. Yeah. you know? yeah. So you think about it. You've got somebody that's busy mocking you. What is the Bible telling you to do about it? What is the Bible's antidote for this? Pray for them. That's amazing. Do good to them. Look for ways that you can actually be there for them in a time of crisis or difficulty. Open your heart to them. You know, it's amazing when you live like this, and, and I think this has been a key for me as well. When you start to live in a way that you don't need the people that are around you, but you serve the people that are mm-hmm. around you, that changes life completely because you're no longer underneath that manipulative, yeah. like, kind of game that people are playing. Yeah. You, you're actually you're freed from that. You're the servant of the Lord, the slave of the Lord. The bond servant, so to speak. All right. You meaning giving up all rights, uh, being a bond servant. I think Paul spoke about that. All right. And I mean, just after this, Jesus there says, you know, give to everyone who asks of you and whoever takes from you what is not yours. Do not demand it back and treat others with the same way that you want them to treat you. And that's a key. Verse 31, where we treat others with the way that we want to be treated. You think about yourself in that person's position and think, I've mistreated an individual. How would I like to be treated when I've mistreated an individual? This is the way I'd like to be treated. And then you treat them with that same kind of a respect. And then it says, and if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. Even sinners don't have a difficulty loving lovely people. Yeah, yeah. But what is he expecting of us? We're not sinners anymore. We're under his grace. Go Mm. above and beyond. So love those that are not lovely. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. So here's the, here's the key, I think, um, that comes to us as we think through this. 
when you have somebody that speaks evil about you and is attacking you and maligning you and disparaging you, you have a marvelous opportunity to actually have credit in heaven by the way that you by the way that you respond isn't that marvelous now you start to rejoice now you start to have joy praise god they spoke evil of me he has an opportunity and then also lord please forgive me when i've not lived this out the way that i should live this out and that that comes to me at least I, i speak to myself above any listener you know like lord please forgive me i've not always done this all right you know I think uh, beautiful advice from God's Word. That's what we do in this program. Delve in the Word. See what the Lord says with regards to the issues that we face on a daily basis. What should I do when when men speak evil of me? Should I defend myself? From God's Word, you have uh, the answers. 082-657-2729. That's the uh, WhatsApp number in studio. If you want to post a question, want us to uh, maybe somewhere somebody said Something that uh, brings confusion. You don't understand why it is. Got a question about Leviticus. And uh, we're all reading through the word of God at the moment. And God's instruction to uh, Moses and to the Israelites without explaining himself. Why is that? Some of these laws and some of these instructions of the Lord uh, absolutely boggles them. And then God does not give any idea of why he wants it to be done that way. 082-657-2729. Ikasa says play music as well. Yes, we'd like to adhere to what the authority says. Kachay de la Hunt on the uh, turntable. Song called Wonderful Days. You've got a question that we can uh, look at in this program. Radio Buzzing with Life, 6.57am. Good morning to you. It's at 24 minutes to 12 o'clock. With me in studio, Pastor Rocky Stevenson, Benoni Bible Church, and uh, tackling God's Word. Maybe somewhere, somehow, somebody said something that blows your mind. Say, man, this just doesn't make sense. Do you have an answer for me? Where does it say that in God's Word? Mankind, by its nature sometimes points a finger back at heaven and says, if he's a loving God, why this? Why that? So this is the program. If you want to ask a question, well, we look at the scriptures, the highest authority known to mankind. And we say, well, this is the word of God. What does the word of God say with regards to certain stuff? I want to take you to Leviticus 14.28, next Rocky. Leviticus, we're all reading corporately through the word of God here at Radio Puppet at the moment. And looking at the Levitical laws at the moment and God's instruction to Moses, to Israel, and what they are to do. But sometimes these laws just doesn't make sense. Would you care to just read uh, Leviticus 14.28 just by virtue of example, just highlighting one there this morning and saying, but is there any idea why does God want the Israelites or the Levites to do it this way? Yeah, so there it says, The priest shall then put some of the oil that is in his palm on the lobe of the right ear of one to be cleansed, and on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot, on the place of the blood of the guilt offering. So part of what's difficult for us is we we are, as New Testament saints, reading the Bible without much of a Jewish mindset regarding a lot of the sacrifices 
a lot of what we see within the Old Testament system. The people of Israel were to be a theocracy, a nation that was underneath God and a nation that was holy unto God. The whole book of Leviticus is all about holiness. It's always good to read a book like Leviticus, which has got 27 chapters, and read it in light of a book like the book of Hebrews. And so the book of Hebrews would show us the way in which to understand, as it were in the New Testament sense, this holy God who has in his mercy sent us Christ to be the one that is our Redeemer. And much of these holiness laws were pointing us towards the fact that we would need the Lord Jesus. Part of the reason that you find um, the the different allocations are, that are given in regard to the body, you have on the earlobe, that, the right earlobe, and always the idea in the Hebrew on the right-hand side was the more important. Okay. Even you oh. had um, those that, you know, you have, for example, even... Isaac, who has Jacob and Esau, and you'd be that you'd have the son of the right hand would be your firstborn, and then you even have with with Jacob, his sons are brought to him, and he switches his arms around and puts the left on the one and the, and yes, the right on yes. on the other. All right. And um, you have the right hand being something of a of a massive importance within the Old Testament, but you have here the right earlobe to to really show that what are we going to use our ears for now. We've had this guilt offering that has been paid yeah. for. Now this ear is anointed with oil. And so this was, this was not just, this is the person that's now being cleansed, that's come before the priest. The priest has put blood on the right earlobe, has put blood onto the right big toe, has put blood onto the right thumb. And now the, signific- the significance of this is now you're anointed after this. The debt has been paid, and so it speaks of the sanctification that has taken place and the justification. You, it's as though you have not sinned, but that's not good enough. You can't just be brought to point zero. You need to now have this anointing and be somebody that is going to use your right ear to listen to the voice of God. You must now use your right hand, and, uh, and you must use your hand for his glory. You must now use your feet to go where God would have you go. Okay, and so that's right. part of the, the, the significance regarding this anointing. You've come. You've had your guilt paid for. An animal has died in your stead because the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that picture really points towards what we need in our Lord Jesus. Our Lord Jesus has not just paid the price for us in his death at the cross. He was buried and then he rose again. And so there's that anointing that we've received. And even there in the New Testament, you have that transition that takes place. And that's why in Acts chapter 2, and Jesus actually said to his disciples, go back to Jerusalem for 10 days. Pray that you might receive this anointing from on high. So we are ones when we've been born again who have not only had our sin paid for in full with Jesus at the cross, and he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, but we also receive the anointing of God so that we might now be a living sacrifice unto our God and that we might go into the world and use our ears to listen to God's voice, use our hands to do his work, and use our feet to go where he sends us. Right, this is very particular. This is Leviticus fourteen twenty-eight, and there's a clear instruction on this. Rocky, can I ask you this then? Everything in God's word is there for a purpose. Amen. Nothing has just been put there. Uh, sometimes when we read through the books, there there's these generational names, son of this, son of that, but everyone is there for a purpose, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, 
die, die woord van die Heere sê, um, hier die aarde, hemel en aarde sal voorbij gaan, man, but not a single word, hoe sê hy outa, tot, yes. Jot in a tittle. Jot in a tittle. So everything is there for a purpose in God's word, even though God doesn't give us an explanation of what is there for and what the purpose is. Yeah, yeah. And um, so what happens is that as we study God's word, the, the light of God's word shines more light on God's word. And so that's a good principle to take into consideration. As you are doing more and more reading of God's word, you might have this year that that becomes a question to you. Verse 28 of Leviticus 14. And then you have that. You highlight that. You put yeah. it in a journal somewhere or whatever. As you read God's word more, his His word gives more to this. So, for example, in um, you have in Exodus chapter 14, I believe it is, where you find that the Levites become this ransom kind of a, na- a ransom tribe yeah. for the rest of the people of Israel because yes. the firstborns belong to God. Yes. And so you start to see, okay, here's a theme. There's some ransom that is being paid. And the Levite becomes this ransom for the people of Israel. And, okay, yes, something. And now we see also that the priestly ordination in the book of Exodus does the same thing with the right earlobe, with the right thumb, with the right big toe. So now you've got a people of Israel that are starting to be treated like what the priests were. But yeah. you also see in Exodus 19 that God's desire is that Israel would be a kingdom of priests. Yeah. But then they sin against God, and so therefore the Levites are now the priests. But then in First Peter, we start to see that we as Christians are now a kingdom of priests. And so you start to make the connections between the dots. Yeah. And you start to realize, but God's desire was the nation of Israel was meant to be a kingdom of priests. Wow. They've sinned, and therefore Levi now is a kingdom of priests or right. a nation of priests. But now you have a high priest, and now you have a curtain. You're not allowed in. The book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus, by his flesh, which is the curtain, has drawn us into the very presence of God. So you start to connect the dots. You start to see that actually now I'm a person that is set aside as holy unto God because of the finished work of Jesus at the cross and the fact that I've been anointed by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, what should I do? I must obey him in this world and go and do what he's called on me to do. So I guess my, my advice would be is keep on reading. As we, as we battle with certain aspects in God's word, keep on reading God's word. Write down that that was a question. Maybe next year when you come in your Bible to it and you see, hey, but I highlighted this last year. Yeah. Maybe by that time the Lord has given you an answer to it. And you can ask him in prayer and say, and, and that's the beauty of, of what we have. It's the spirit of God. He has inspired the word of God. Right. But it's the spirit of God also, the same spirit of God who illuminates the scriptures to Re- us. Brings revelation. And brings, brings it to light yeah. in our lives. And so we can ask him, you're the one that we must let him mean what he means yeah. and say what he means. That's giving God the integrity that he should be given in, as being the author of the scriptures. But then we ask him, Lord, please reveal to me the truth of your word. And I have a question about this, Lord. Yeah. Please help me with it. Maybe the Lord in 10, in ten years' time gives yeah. you the answer to that. But you keep on faithfully studying his word and keep on asking him to reveal it to you. Bless your heart, Rocky. Thank you so much. Sissel, we'll get to you in a moment. I don't know if we enough time to answer all the questions. Sissel, what do you Revelation 21. A new earth, a new heaven. Wie gaan in the heaven? Wie is? Wie gaan op die aarde? Wie is? Geer die Bible for us. Enige idee. Will we know in the new heaven and earth who's going to live in heaven? Who's going to live on earth? And then a question about the Bible. What does the Bible say? about drinking alcohol. 
Uh, Rocky, I'm not sure which one you want to tackle first. Uh, yeah, the heaven and the earth one is uh, a, a fascinating one. All right. Um, it, it does seem, Cecil, that that we will inhabit that new earth as new creatures that have received our glorified bodies in Revelation 21, and that we will be in earth in such a way in this new earth that has no remnant of sin any longer. And because we've received glorified bodies, we will be able to be on that earth and and we will be the inhabitants of it because those that are sinners that have rejected the free offer of the gift of salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ would have been cast away. In Revelation 20, it speaks about that. And they are cast into the lake of fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his demons. And so those that occupy the new earth, I believe, will be the redeemed of all time. Old Testament saints, New Testament saints, everybody that has believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, of course, the Old Testament saint didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ in those terms, but they had the promise of God and they believed on that. That's Hebrews 11. And so they believed and their belief was enough. It was accounted to them as righteousness. And because they believed, they obeyed. And so the obedience became this result and this fruit of the fact that there was a right root in them and so they um we will i believe be the ones that inhabit that new earth it's going to be like a garden of eden type of a setup where there is no sin and there's no curse of sin and all of that has been removed and we will enjoy christ forever because we will be with him and so how that exactly looks like i I think it's um it's absolutely wonderful to even try and imagine, but I don't think we properly can. And uh, and it's glorious to think about this because even there, he, he talks about how he will wipe away every tear when that happens in verse 4. He says, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And he's speaking now about the fact that um, because verse 3 says, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. So that's the people that inhabit this new earth among men, mankind. So verse 3 tells us we're the ones that occupy that earth and he will dwell among them. So Jesus occupies that new earth as well and they shall be his people and God himself will be among them. So that's what this new earth is like. It's no longer walking with God in the cool of the day like the Garden of Eden. It's even better than this. He dwells with us. He tabernacles with us. He's with his people on this new earth. And then verse 4 says, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things passed away. So it would seem when this happens, this new earth, and we now are transported, as it were, to this new earth where Christ will be with us. It seems as though, according to verse 4, there's a tear in our eyes. I've got some, I've got some suspicion yeah. of why that is. I think some of it may be because we look around and we don't see some of the people that we expected would be there who pretended to be Christians when they yeah, weren't. Yeah. But we also look around us and we, some people, we see some people there that we didn't expect to see there. Yes, very much <laughs> Some so. people we didn't think would actually. Do, and, and then we also look around us, I believe, and we, because it's every tribe, every tongue, every nation, all people groups of this earth that are present in that new earth. And I think there's a sense in us that there's a level of regret yeah. where we see, like, I, Lord, you've opened, you've, you've given all of this to us, but, but I didn't actually serve you as well as I ought to on earth. And even that tear is wiped away from the individual while they're in this new heaven. Wow. Wow. Somebody said, talking about tears, somebody said the other day, uh, if you look at, uh, what is it, Revelations 21, I saw a new heaven and a new earth uh, for the first heaven and first earth has passed away. Rocky, somebody said, you know, I love the ocean, but there will be no sea there. 
No ocean. Any thoughts on that? Uh, does the Bible give us any idea? I, I've read something that says, well, uh, when the Bible makes reference of the ocean or the sea, it, it, it speaks of a multitude of people. But is this referring, uh, that's making the ocean what it is not? It, uh, how do we understand it? The Bible says there won't be any any sea there. What do you understand under that? Yeah, look, I'm I'm not aware exactly of that passage, and I would assume that in the new heaven and the new earth that there would be an ocean as well because the old earth and has had an ocean as well. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly, but I'm, I'm speaking under correction. Um, I think that it may, I think it's going to be so much even more beautiful yeah. than what we have now. Yeah. And he will make all things new. Isn't it Corinthians? Isn't I, think they, I think there'll even be rhinos. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it Corinthians that says, what has not come up in the heart of man, what you have not thought about, God has prepared for those who love him? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I don't know. I mean, um, so if you can think about it, it's not that. Yeah. Look, if, if, if I'm thinking to myself, yeah. I, I would say the new heaven, new earth would also have an ocean. Yeah. And that it would be similar to, but better than. Yeah. All right. Bless your heart. Thank you so much. We've literally got four minutes left. And uh, anonymous question, does the Bible speak about uh, alcohol drinking? What does the Bible say about uh, Christians using alcohol, drinking wine? Uh, What can we say? Keeping in mind that there are so many people, multitudes, who struggle with addiction to alcohol. Yes. What would we say? So I I know that I'll probably step on a few toes with, with my answer, but there may be... Um, careful as well. First Timothy 5 verse 23 says, No longer drink water only, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. There the Apostle Paul gives advice to Timothy regarding the medicinal value of alcohol and the way in which alcohol was used at that time like wine. You would mix it with water to kill the the brackishness within the water. So they didn't have as as good drinking water as what we have now. I mean, depending on your view of things like chloride and things that get put into our water that yeah. sometimes are chemicals that we shouldn't have there. But if you've got a good water filter at home, you, you're drinking water that is, that, that's really clean compared to the biblical world. They, they would have this, and it would seem that Timothy had frequent ailments from his stomach in particular. There's even some old uh, literature that speaks about how any illness is actually from the gut. If your gut's not doing well, the rest of your body's not doing well. All right. And so Paul gives him advice, and it says, use a little wine. Now, importantly, he says they use little wine. Yeah. One of the things that you, mo- that you see even for the qualification of elders as well as deacons in First Timothy 3 is they mustn't be drunkards. Yeah. They must be self-controlled. Yeah. They mustn't be given too much wine. He says in another passage. All right. So a little wine, the Bible says there's, there's value for that. Right. The Lord made it. He's All made right. it possible for you to have. Remember also that the first miracle of our Lord Jesus was turning water into wine. Yeah. You but know, on that passage, so many people who struggle with the addiction of alcoholism yeah, uh, yeah. is tied to that passage yeah. and say, yeah, but God and, should change so water into wine. Other, this is the other thing as well that is so difficult for us because even in First uh, Timothy 6, for example, towards the end of that, it talks about the rich in this world, how God has given them all things to enjoy and they mustn't be haughty. So even there, and he says, yet you mustn't be a lover of money. Yeah. So money's not bad, but the love of money is bad. Uh, Wine's not bad, but the love of wine is bad. Yeah. You know, and so there's that element of are you enslaved to this? Yeah. If you're enslaved to As this, as with many things in rather life, rather not. Yeah. But but here's where I would put the practical ebb on this. 
I don't drink anything at all. Yeah. I've made a commitment to not drink anything at oh, all. Right. Even if I go to a wedding, I won't drink any alcohol champagne. Yeah. People know that. And yeah. people that, ha- that have me at a wedding, I'll have grape juice or I'll have sparkling grape juice or I'll have champagne that's non-alcoholic champagne. Yeah. And that's a commitment that I've made. Why? Because there's so many good things for us to drink in this world. And I have a hatred for what what the love of alcohol has done in our world. Yeah. Most of our accidents are because of people that have been under the influence or had some alcohol yeah. in their veins. Most of what we see around us has been broken so much by alcohol. If it's a stumbling you know, block, they are clear. Yeah, and, and that doesn't mean that I won't cook with it, yeah. you know, or that I won't make beer bread. Or that I won't, or that I'll feel any level of guilt because I'm buying that beer to make beer bread. Yeah. Or, you know, it's not. But at the same time, what what is it that, you know, if if anything causes even a brother to stumble, I'll rather not do it. All right. I'll rather be more careful even than than that. So um, that would be my counsel. I would say that we have so much that that we can enjoy. I mean, you buy some of these like um, sparkling grape juices. They, they're lovely or sparkling apple juice. Yeah. It's lovely. Yeah. You know, it's even if you make up your own drink with something like apple cider vinegar, it's lovely. You can have such beautiful things to enjoy. And I mean, we, we have things like, and here's another thing I think, because people often say, but that's the same thing as drinking coffee. Mm. And it really isn't because coffee also doesn't alter the way that your mind is and it doesn't make you to be less self-controlled yeah and that's the problem with drinking an excess of wine um and and coffee is a stimulant yes but it actually helps you think better sometimes so mm. um not we, we can't say <laughs> coffee is the same thing as wine and there yeah. needs to be in in moderation as well even with drinking something like coffee yeah. um but but i would say that we have so many other things that we can enjoy why why is there even a necessity today to to have wine what Timothy said, what Paul said to Timothy can't be really applied because we don't have brackish water. Yeah. We have good water to drink. Yeah. If you have brackish water, mix a little bit of wine in it. It fixes it up. Super stuff. With that, we've come to the end of this program. Rocky, bye. Thank you. Great waardering for you. Next week, we'll have a, uh, a, a, a pre-recorded broadcast for you. Rocky's down in Cape Town, and uh, uh, I won't be available. So, uh, And the week thereafter, God willing, he'll be back in studio again. So, onthou, volgende week... Uh, Voorafgeneemde op program vir skrifteerlik tussen 11 en 12 en dan the week thereafter, Rocky will be back. If somebody wants to be in touch with you email-wise, well, how can they get all of you? They're welcome to email me on the email address of pastor at bononibiblechurch.co.za and I guess a little advert, like you said, I'll be in Cape Town. If anybody's in the Somerset West area and they want to come to church on Sunday, I'll be preaching at Mountain View Baptist Church Sunday morning and Sunday evening. So if you're in that area, Mountain you're View to Baptist Church, come on that's in. in Somerset West. Somerset West. So there's two Beautiful. Mountain View Baptists yeah. in Cape Town, and this one is in the the Somerset West area. May the Lord bless you and use you mightily there. Playing out with Rene Kruger, King of Stars. Don't forget to go and search the scriptures now after what you heard on this program. Be glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ through his word this morning in this program. Rocky, bless your heart. I chat to you in two weeks' time. God willing, until next time, look after yourself and shalom. Thank you.